0: Hello and welcome to a Thursday, November 17th edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Harris Kermani, and today we have a small but impactful slate. Three games tip off a little bit later on in the night for those in Eastern time. We're looking at uh, 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock, and a 10.30 game, so, you know, nice and big window for us to really take a look into what could be some pretty interesting games as far as DFS is concerned. I mean, given the smaller slate, we can spend a little bit more time into each game. But really, let's get started right away with the Brooklyn Nets and the Portland Trailblazers. You know, the kickoff of the night, we're looking at a 220 point total. And as far as spread's concerned, Portland's actually the closest one of the three games today, looking at a minus two as far as their odds are concerned so it looks like uh the bet makers like portland to take this game in a tight one now what we have been seeing with uh brooklyn in general has just been an absolute i want to say travesty as far as what we can expect on a night in night out basis from a fantasy perspective Really, you know that Kevin Durant sitting at 11,600 is going to do his thing. The question is whether it's going to be enough of his thing to be able to go ahead and hit at least 5x value on what is a tight slate. Now, I do expect him to be the highest raw point scorer on the night, so I'll probably end up finding him in a number of my lineups just as a result of everything else just kind of working out from that perspective. But that being said, it's really just hard in general to be able to trust a lot of what Brooklyn has been doing as far as their rotation is concerned. Uh, you think that uh, between Seth Curry and Camp Thomas, which is the other two, I'd probably trust more though, more so than even Ben Simmons, who's sitting at 5,400, but just can't seem to get any sort of real usage or consistent um, you know, DK points coming out from his end. i probably trust Seth Curry to be able to get more minutes. And we saw in the game prior to the... Um, Uh, the Sacramento blowout, which was a 30-point game, and in the end he played about 24 minutes, but the games prior to that had been in around that mid-to-high 20s as far as minutes are concerned, but more importantly had been putting up field goal attempts like crazy, averaging about uh, one shot for every two minutes that he ended up playing, ended up at either 13 or 15 shots in a game, and as a result had his uh, DK points come up in the low 30s over there so at 4500 I think that's a pretty good spot to be able to go ahead and get him in as a guard for the lineup and like I said Cam Thomas is the other one who also can put up shots in a hurry doesn't get the same kind of volume that Seth Curry does but we have seen him be able to put up some big games as well and if this game can stay a little bit closer than some of uh, Brooklyn's last couple of games are there then I expect that his minutes will get somewhere into the realm of normalcy in the high 20s as well. So definitely two legitimate opportunities to be able to get some guys in if you don't want to go all out as far as Kevin Durant's concerned. Now, of course, we're trying to figure out what the Kyrie situation is going to look like, but we know for sure he's not playing Thursday. He could be back on the floor as soon as Sunday, which Brooklyn's probably really, really waiting for to try and get some sort of consistent production out of its big two and try to get themselves back in the win columns because this has been a season to forget so far Uh, looking on to the portland side though speaking of seasons portland who is currently sitting in first in the west which you know how many people would have bet on that coming into 14 games into the season but they have been playing some incredibly explosive basketball in that time and The real reason over the last couple of games has been Jeremy Grant, which I don't know if I necessarily would have seen myself saying that a lot, but really it's been his absolute hot streak from downtown that has driven the rest of his game to hit a huge uptick over the last four i mean he was sitting pretty consistently in the mid 6,000s and his price tag has gone up all the way to 7,600 today and i'm still ready to pay that he's been putting up anywhere between eight to nine three-point attempts and hitting them at a ridiculous 50% clip now that necessarily won't continue given you know someone's got to regress to the mean at some point but his overall field goal attempts are clearly having him as a 1A, 1B first option with Damian Lillard, and the fact that he's getting to pretty consistently 20 field goal attempts a night, and being in a position where he's likely going to be one of the top rebounders as well, given the fact that uh, Nurkic is once again sitting at questionable, we'll see if he's going to be able to get on the floor, but was only able to get on for 15 minutes in the previous game against the Spurs, I expect his minutes are still going to be monitored as he gets back into game shape. So really, it's going to be Jeremy Grant as the leading rebounder on that team alongside some of that backcourt help they have to kind of help clean up the rest. But what we do know is that Brooklyn has been really really bad against forwards this season in ranking 29th in that position and Jeremy Grant is once again in a spot to be able to go ahead and produce so for Portland he's my favorite guy to be able to go ahead and target today I think it saves you a little bit of money from having to go to a Damian Lillard at 10,000 where you probably could throw a Ben Simmons and a couple of other uh, wrenches in that uh, offensive game for Damian Lillard himself and I'll obviously never fault you for jumping on game but he's very much in that same you know, region as Kevin Durant and if I'm already looking at that 10,000 I'd probably see if I could find some budget to get all the way to eleven six and play Kevin Durant instead where I have a little bit more guaranteed production. Moving on to the San Antonio Spurs and Sacramento game which is by far the highest point total of the night sitting at 237.5 so a very very fast paced game expected for that one. With the Sacramento Kings, actually favored by seven, which is interesting, given that uh, Keegan Murray is likely to be out for this game, but of course we saw in the last game Terrence Davis was more than ready to go ahead and pick up the slack, and he's likely going to be an incredibly popular option today for for good reason. Sitting at 4,300 in that shooting guard and small forward position there, was able to put up nearly 60 60 dk points in the last game where he obviously got incredibly hot from the field and downtown. Now, we don't necessarily expect that to happen again, but I mean his price has seen a bump from its bargain basement 3100 all the way up to 4300, and I still think that's going to be a price tag that's too cheap for the minutes and production that he is likely to have given the rest of the offensive options not being nearly as strong on the uh, on the Sacramento Kings. Both Sabonis and Fox, which are sitting at 9400 and 9000 respectively, are definitely solid options to be able to take, but again, it just kind of goes back to that same question I would have, where would I instead spend that a little bit more and get into the Lillard and um, Kevin Durant category? Yeah, I probably would, and I'd rather instead stick with kind of these uh, value to mid-tier options that are actually very solid otherwise, where I think I can get pretty pretty good production as far as 5x to 6x is concerned if not more depending on how things end up working out so Terrence Davis is definitely the big guy that I'm targeting as far as Sacramento is concerned and of course if I'm doing that then I'll probably run it back with some options from the Spurs side as well which if we're going to have a high paced game a high scoring game there's going to need to be some scoring coming in from the other side and again this is where having those options which are in that kind of mid-tier 7,000 range makes it a little bit more exciting for me so both Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell are definitely in my player pool for the night again Devin Vassell sitting at 7,000 is definitely in a spot where he should be able to get 5x pretty comfortably given the fact that he is a very very much locked in first second option on this team obviously Keldon johnson has been consistently the uh, top field goal attempts guy and i expect that to continue but what we often see from Keldon johnson is you know a lot of scoring not so much else as far as his um his supporting stats are concerned which makes it a little bit tougher for him to consistently hit his value though he's still been able to be in that kind of mid 30s range at a pretty pretty regular clip so again that price tag is what kind of keeps him in the mix for me. He would need to hit somewhere in the high 30s, and I expect him to be able to do that. I just trust Devin Vassell to be able to do a little bit more, especially as his ball handling duties continue to increase as the season goes on. So at 7,000, as a shooting guard, who's going to get a lot of opportunities to be able to handle the rock, i like him to be able to go ahead and throw out there as well for his price tag. And then finally... And this is where we get a little bit crazy because this is where the injury talks really do come into play. We have the Detroit Pistons taking on the Los Angeles Clippers, a 216 point total night. The Clippers favored to win by nine. As far as Detroit's concerned, both Cade Cunningham and Isaiah Stewart are going to be out for this game. Isaiah Stewart, we just got word a couple of days ago that he's going to be out for anywhere between two to three weeks. So there's lots to unpack from that as a result. Now, we saw that Marvin Bagley was able to get all the way up to 29 minutes in the first game. uh, In his previous game, that is, and that was with Isaiah Stewart still being there at that time. So I expect his minutes to really start to ramp up into the uh, the mid to high twenties, if not early thirties. Though for 5900, I actually think I may have a little bit more interest in Jalen Duran at 4100. You know, the Pistons really don't have much reason to not run the rookie out a little bit more. We saw as soon as the season started, he was pretty consistently in that uh, low to mid twenties, and he actually had gotten all the way up to 30 minutes earlier on in this month. So I expect that, given this matchup there, and given the fact that the Clippers are going to be running Zubots you know, a little bit more size up there on the front court, that they'll be more inclined to be able to go ahead and run Jalen Dern out there. So at 4,100, he's probably the center that I have a little bit more interest in. But again, Marvin Bagley at 5,900 should be a very solid pick as well. So I don't think you can go wrong with either one of the two. And then it just comes down to who you think will be taking on the scoring load on this game. Uh, Jaden Ivey at 6,900 is probably a little bit more than I'd like to pay for him. As you said, we have Devin Vassell sitting at 7,000. We had Kelvin Johnson at 7,400. At Jeremy Grant at 7,600. Like all of those price tags are much, much more intriguing to me than Jaden Ivey at 6,900. Though he could very well hit 5x on that. I'll probably trust Bojan Bogdanovich a little bit more just because we know the kind of shot production he's going to get. He's is likely going to be the leading field goal attempts guy for a team that's really going to be struggling to be able to get some sort of offense together. So 6200, small forward, power forward, you get a little bit of a um, versatility boost over there to be able to go ahead and get Boyan in there. So between that, probably who I like most. It's the clipper side, though, that I really will have a big ear to the ground as far as injuries are concerned. Paul George is coming in questionable for this game with a left-hand contusion. Now, he's had illnesses, he's had a couple of you know nicks all the way through, but he hasn't actually missed a game for you know, a little over two weeks now. So, uh, we'll have to see if he goes ahead and toughs it out. Because if he does actually end up sitting, then all of these... Options that are sitting between 4,000 and 6,000 becomes supremely intriguing as far as the Clippers are concerned. Uh, Marcus Morris at 6,300 is likely going to be the one who's going to get the biggest usage benefit because we already know he loves to put up as many shots as possible. But without Paul George there, I would not be surprised to see that number go up somewhere into the high teens, if not to 20 shot attempts uh, as far as pure volume and usage is concerned. So at 6,300, he would definitely be a big, big guy in my player pool and on the other side of that it would be Norman Powell who we've seen kind of get relegated to the bench kind of be relegated as far as his overall offensive production and usage is concerned but that number is going to go not only as far as minutes closer to 30 but his shot attempts are going to jump into the mid-teens for sure without Paul George there we've already seen that earlier in the season that um, he will one, if he gets hot, he's going to keep shooting. And then two, that he is going to be a lot more involved in the offense, especially in a lot of these uh, second units where he's likely going to lead that. Uh, they just don't trust Reggie Jackson all that much. And John Wall obviously can only have so much as far as his uh, his minutes and his production is concerned. But again, both those guys are probably like solid 5X options. I think Norman Powell is the one that actually has a ceiling that could really be a big night if uh, if Paul George is out so definitely keep an eye out on the injury news there Norman Powell 4200 shooting guard slash mall forward eligibility just gives you that kind of versatility that you want probably going to be my favorite clipper if we do end up hearing the final news about Paul George sitting out if not and then, of course, Paul George himself at 10200 is definitely going to be in play. Um, he's you know, a little bit tougher to be able to gauge in terms of how he'll actually do for that 10000 price tag. You can absolutely obviously go off as he did earlier in the season uh, to be able to get into the 50s and 60s as far as DK points are concerned but the other problem is that he's really been racking up the turnovers and also his field goal percentage has that tendency to just be able to nosedive on any given night which definitely caps his ceiling there so not my favorite spend up of the night I'd rather spend up on Lillard or KD if we're going to end up doing that but Said, I'm kind of half hoping that he does sit out to make the, the rest of this slate a little bit more interesting. And we'll keep an eye out on that. So that gives us our DFS picks for the night. I just got a couple of Thrive Fantasy ones to be able to throw your way as well. And really it comes back to Jeremy Grant and Jaden Ivey. Now we spoke about how Jeremy Grant has taken a huge step up lately as far as offense is concerned. And this line is juicy to me. 26.5 half total points plus rebounds i do think he can get more than that he might even just get more than that in pure points given the uh, pace of the game and how close it's expected to be but that's a hundred point square if you do think that jeremy grant's going to have more than 26 and points and rebounds on the which i do like and then the other one again just going back to how detroit is really going to be starved for offensive options Jaden Ivey, 17 and points to go over that gets you a 110 and I do like that as a potential option today I expect he is going to get more than his fair share of shots up has put up 26 and 21 real life points in the last two games where he's gotten 15 and 16 field goal attempts and I expect that to stay relatively uh, intact especially with Kate out they're just going to need him to continue to be that rookie for them that offensive option and 17 and a half points is well within its wheelhouse to be able to do it but that brings us to the end of as I said a small but impactful slate if you guys aren't already signed up for the sports ethos DFS pass definitely get on that right away not only do you get incredible content as far as live injury reports are concerned and great articles and content overall but you get yourself real ear to the ground through our discord and through connection with our wonderful writers on there as well so definitely get yourself signed up and get yourself into the know as always you can follow me on twitter at hak underscore devil definitely hit me up with any feedback how your lineups went of the night and in general let's go ahead and take down a small but impactful slate and we will see you for the next one